You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. In July of this summer, I did my very first Broadway Con, which is an annual conference here in New York City about all things Broadway and theater. And while I was there, I got to be a part of events hosted by the Broadway Podcast Network. I conducted live interviews with two actors that I've had the pleasure of working with before, Jelani Aladdin and Sharon Catherine Brown. Sharon's interview will actually be featured in a few weeks on my other podcast, Closing Night. So follow that theater history podcast on my episode about Jekyll and Hyde. But for today on this podcast, you'll get to hear from Jelani Aladdin as we discuss his time in Frozen and Hercules and why the musical Violet is so meaningful and important to him. You'll also get to hear his answers to the final five questions, which I usually reserve for Win Me subscribers. But that's just some of the little treats you'll be getting in this special episode recorded live from Broadway Con 2023. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's like, oh yeah, that's going to resonate with somebody else that, that also feels the same way I do. And getting to see that growth was really incredible. Now, I got fired in the middle of Hercules. Let's be very real. I don't know if everyone knows the truth of that story. In 2019, as part of the Tony Awards acceptance speech, Andre DeShields said this, the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next, so keep climbing. And it is this constant up and down that we face as actors and as artists. And this is the focus of my theater podcast called Why I'll Never Make It, because we are always on that journey of trying to make it in this business. I'm the host and producer of that award-winning podcast, and I've been talking with fellow creatives for about seven seasons now about the challenges and the setbacks that we all encounter in the performing arts. And so today, I'm happy to bring one of my favorite people for this live interview. He starred in Disney's Frozen on Broadway, as well as the public theater's production of Hercules. Please welcome Jelani Aladdin. Wow, I'm one of your favorite people. That's hard, that's, yeah, that, that's yeah. high praise, that's high praise. He and I worked together back in 2017, doing a show, Boy Meets Girl. This is the program from that. And there was another great guy who was in that production with us, Chuck. Cooper. Of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. A, a little Tony award-winning <laughs> performer. 
So this was a, a new musical that we did. It was a reading that we did at the Cell Theater, and it was done by Theater Barn. And that was the first time that you and I met. That was 2017, which was a pretty big year for you because you had done that. Yeah. You were about to do Lightning Thief, but then something happened, right? Yeah, then I got frozen on Broadway, and so I had to leave. I had right. to be like, yeah, got to go do that contract instead, you know? Now, was that intimidating for you? Because it's like, it's Disney theatricals, it's this huge blockbuster film, the first production of it. Was that intimidating? You know, I wouldn't say it was intimidating. I would say that it was an extreme challenge to me. Um, it was a chance to kind of be like, uh, how do you one-up Jonathan Groff? You know, how do you, how do you kind of come into a room and say, hey, I'm this new kid and take all your chances on me? Take all your bets on me. I have all the answers for you. It all lives within me. Distrust me. And that was the biggest challenge to let the team and to let everyone involved with that production trust me and let me do my work. What was that audition process like to book the program? Yeah, so I actually went to an open call for Frozen and uh, EPA, as they call it. I don't even know if those, does this still exist? I don't yeah. know. I'm like, they're, I, I, they're slowly coming back. Wow. Yes. Okay. Uh, I went to an EPA because I wanted to sing one day and uh, Rachel Hoffman, who was the casting director of Frozen, was in the room and I sang a song and she was like, who the F are you? And why haven't I met you? And I was like, oh, I've been out of town doing regional theater and I'm excited to come back to New York. She was like, all right, good for you. And then that led to a... um a uh um I, I forget the phrase they call it like a pre-screen a pre-screen with caesar rocha who was also a casting director and he was like have you ever watched this movie i was like honestly dude i watched it once and i fell asleep in the middle of it he's like go back and watch the movie again and we'll see you later and then the next day i had met the entire team for uh the production and i did everything once and michael grandage who was the director leaned forward looked around at everyone on the table and said, anyone need anything else? Thank you. Dead face, deadpan. I was like, I'm cut. Wow. <laughs> That's it. Great, great, cool. Um, and then before I even got outside the building, I got a call from my manager saying they want you to hold all the dates for Broadway and out of town and they'll see you at final callbacks in February. See, why can't they be excited in the room? Right? Like well, we actors, we need that feedback. I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, there's a lot of politics. They have to talk about things a little right, bit. Right, of course. Leave. But I think, you know, I love Michael Grandage. He's a fantastic director, a fantastic man, a fantastic human. Um, and I think he just kind of had had an impulse. I was like, that's the dude. That's the dude we've been looking for. Now for Frozen, there were seven songs in the, in the movie, mm. but they wrote 20 plus songs for the uh, for the actual and show. And we cut some in the end. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah, Sad. yeah. Songs are being cut. Describe that rehearsal process for us as you brought these animated characters to life. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, being shot into a wild cannon because the show had already had development. It had already been into, inside of three workshops, I believe. So I was coming into the fourth workshop. And it kind of felt like a put-in. I'm not going to lie. It was like, all right, dude, we got four weeks to put this up. I, I don't care what you have to offer. Just do the thing that we have so far. And then when we get to rehearsals for Denver, we can then begin to add songs, subtract songs, add, change the scenes, fight for things. Um, but there were some things in that workshop I immediately was like, I'm not doing that. So on, we have to stop and we have to change this or else I won't get on the stage. Um, and I was very firm about those things as I was entering the process because I knew that that was my only chance to plant the seeds that I needed to. Otherwise, the whole thing will grow out of control. And by the end, I will have not 
crafted the role that I've wanted. I had to do it in that moment. And what were one of those things that you... Um, there was a whole, you know, and this took a long process. The Oaken scene, the scene where I where Kristoff shows up at the shop and Oak and the Oaken gives them the things that they need for the cold. Um, initially, Kristoff stole those things. And I said, not happening. Stop. The, I literally was like, stop this. I'm not doing this. We are not putting that on stage. I'm not stealing anything from this shop. He will give it to me. That's the way it has to be. And that change happened. And we went through many different variations. And we finally landed on the version that is now today. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And as as if the the singing and acting and it wasn't tough enough in this musical, you also had to do stunt work every show. <laughs> <laughs> broke <It's>, my back <laughs> yeah right 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 now I, think, I imagine that was nerve-wracking at first but but did you get used to it or was it always st a i'm still getting used to it i'm still going to pt being like the left side of my back is still killing me i don't know and they're like yes yeah, from the bridge when you have to hold your entire body weight with one arm and still somehow sing and do a damn scene with patty murin who's amazing fantastic scene partner um but we went through many variations of that bridge scene and we finally landed on one where I was like, you know what? I just got to suck it up, Jelani. You got to suck it up that you're going to have to hold your weight and pull yourself out of this hole in less than 10 seconds and then grab her at the same time. I mean, it was so epic. Um, but I'm a, I am love stunts. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a no, daredevil. No, stunts are fun. I'm a daredevil. I'm like, bring it on. I actually wanted it to be a little more dangerous. I wanted people to feel like I was actually in danger. Um, I remember we were talking about that with, um, oh man, I forget our stunt coordinator's name. But um, we were talking, I was like, I want people to think that Christoph could fall right now at any moment. He's like, I don't know if we can go there. And I was right, like, it's well, can we get Disney, close? family yeah, friendly. It's still, Disney, it's still Disney. But I'm like, it's supposed to be a mountain that's dangerous and it's the excitement of the song. And, you know, um, so yeah. Well, with this being your Broadway debut, did it feel like that? Or, did, or, or was the process so involved that you kind of lost sight of that? No, I, I felt that every moment along the way. I felt like the rookie. I felt like there was a curtain that was being pulled back and I was getting to see what's behind the curtain. Um, very much like, you know, what happens in the Wizard of Oz. Uh, and, and I was always behind on the learning curve and that really bothered me. Uh, that actually made me be like, dang, I wish like, I, I wish that I had known all of that when I started, but that's the process of life, right? You go through something and you learn and then you come back and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I had done that. Um, and if you're doing it right, then that means that you there is something that you learned, right? Um, and so my Broadway debut, I felt so honored to be there. I mean, I would take moments. I have a picture in my apartment of the first day we were on stage. And I'm just like in this like proud, like happy, just like beaming. Um, and they, uh, the photographer nabbed it and I have it printed in my apartment. It's huge. Um, and it's a beautiful shot. It reminds me of just like the joy I had of like achieving that moment. That's my Broadway debut, Fuck, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking leading a Disney musical. No one can stop me. It's let's go. And and do you feel like that you've caught up now? You've, you've oh, like one thousand percent, one thousand percent. I'm totally caught up. Totally, <laughs> look, there's nothing I haven't seen at this point. Now, being Broadway versus other theater, did did, did it match whatever ideas or expectations you, know, you had of it? It didn't. It actually never got there because it the work is the same. The work is the same no matter where you are. Um, at least if you hold yourself to the standard of greatness, right? I remember when I was doing regional theater, my first job was um, playing Ferris in Choir Boy at Studio Theater in DC. And the responsibility of leading that show was just as great as a responsibility as Frozen. It was like, I must do great work, period. That's it. That's all I care about. 
And then the rest will, and the rest is just like, oh, I'm in DC. I get to hang out. I get to be in Chocolate City and have some fun and do some fun things. Um, and then you're in New York City, you get to be home and do a Broadway show and like celebrate um, with a larger community here. So it, it, it all it all works out. I think the work is the same. When it comes to Kristoff and and Sven, both of those are, are, are very physical roles. <laughs> well, wow, it's crazy. And, just hearing all of this is just like making me flashback right. to. All, all the memories. Was, all the memories is flooding. Wow. Well, one of those memories is that I understand you had a standing pizza order for intermission. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my because God. Because it was wow. so demanding. I was, I was such a fucking crazy person. Um, yeah, I would eat so much food during intermission if it wasn't like fried chicken, french fries, it was pizza or like, you know, bring all the cookies and the snacks and the, I, it was, I was losing weight because wearing summer, wearing heavy winter clothes during the summer is torture. And I was being tortured. And I was like, is there any way to stop this? Please. I'd be like losing buckets of water every day. And they're like, that's just what it is. So I would have to like consume, consume, consume because I still wanted to look big. I still wanted to be like the mountain man. Right. So it was tough. So my pizza order was classic pepperoni, babe. Keep it classic. There's nothing better. Nothing better. Nothing better. Well, speaking of of fitness and diet and exercise, mm. uh, a year after Frozen, you <laughs> then went on to play Hercules. Now yeah. for that, you not only need to right, and you not only need to be strong, you need to look strong. Yeah. So what was that workout regimen to get you fit for Hercules? Still trying to find it. I'm still trying to understand <laughs> how, how it all happened. And I, I mean, it was, and there was like no time. I remember it was only like, I think they, it was only like six or seven months um, that I had to really prepare to get my body in shape. And I, uh, I recruited a trainer, a friend who was, I was like, you're a big dude. Like, please, like, just like, kick my ass and let's fucking go um but it was a, a strict diet of eating lots of chicken and rice which i never want to do ever again i mean that is so unpleasant just to eat that every single meal well you could flavor it though right yeah but like still <laughs> it's still chicken i, I want salmon and shrimp and, and 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 some other tasty things lamb some um and um and it was a lot of being very careful with the building of my body because they didn't want it to block my throat um so i worked with liz kaplan um, who's a fantastic vocal teacher. And we worked very hard on loosening muscles around my neck as I was working out because the neck was getting bigger and that was constricting the vocal cords. And, you know, Hercules, you got to sing that the, the, those high G's at the end of go the distance and they have to be easy. They have to feel like they're falling out of your mouth. Um, so that was a very, that was also adding a complicated part of the journey of the fitness as well. Oh, oh, I bet. How was this rehearsal process for Hercules different from Frozen? I wish every artist in the world gets to make something from the very beginning. There's no other experience like it. From day one, when you're the dude and you get to see that all the way through, um, you get to really infuse your DNA to a character. Um, and I feel like I, throughout the courses, course of the various workshops, um, I kept on bringing more and more to, of my truth into the piece. And walking, going home and being like, oh, that's so cool that that's finally going to be in there. Or somebody's going to feel seen by that one thing by doing the like wobble, like in the middle of like a, a, a scene in the date scene with Meg. It's like, oh, yeah, that's going to resonate with somebody else that, that also feels the same way I do. 
And getting to see that growth was really incredible. Now, I got fired in the middle of Hercules. Let's be very real. I don't know if everyone knows the truth of that story. Okay, here we go. I got fired after the third workshop because, well, I really couldn't sing Go the Distance. What was a really big problem at the end of Go the Distance. Um, I think it was because I was always so nervous. It was always like the workshop presentation was at 10 a.m. in the morning. You'd be like, why are you doing this to me? It's the third song of the show. I'm not even warmed up. I'm not even alive yet, but okay, here we go. Um, but also, um, a member on the, the creative team had an issue with me, um, and an issue with what I was bringing to the project. And so, um, they fired me and they auditioned everyone that they could, that was between the age of 18 and 30 for the part. And after a couple months, they came back and said, it's you. So let's go. And I said, What's, was that awkward to be like, well, I know some of y'all don't want me. Well, it, and I said, I got to talk to that person. And so we had a real man to man sit down and you know what I, assured that person was i'm not here to mess up your show i'm here to bring new new things that you haven't even thought of to your project let me in you know um let me let me get in there and get messy with it and i promise you you will love the result and the world will love the result i guarantee it um and so yeah so that's how that all led and 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 to get there to opening night to be like yeah jay you did it and i'll never forget the last night of hercules when i knew i was i i told them i will never do the part ever again uh, I knew that last night that I was leaving behind a chapter of my life. So I stood on that stage and watched everyone leave. And I just began to cry and weep and, and release my body. Um, uh, the trauma of, <laughs> uh, of, t of six years of, of trying so hard to get to a place, um, and finally getting there and being like, you did it beautifully, Jay congratulate yourself and i cried and i walked out i everyone else walked out one way i walked out the other way and i just took a long walk home that night being like i need to hold on to this moment forever because it may never happen again in this way me being in new york city a new yorker with 200 new yorkers playing hercules under the stars talking to the gods as i'm talking about the gods i mean it it just was so um uh, meant to be in so many ways and i knew i would never have that theatrical experience again so i was like let me savor it and hold on to it and kind of mourn that i will never have that again yeah i think that that's something that we as actors we always we hope can be in every experience but mm. but, but we don't get it but you it's were not, able to have it but i was way. able to have it which is like winning the lottery i mean it's not winning one billion dollars but it's winning one billion coins of joy you know now with both christoph and hercules they had been presented as, as white characters in mm -hmm. the movie, what did it mean to you for you to play these roles now? Yeah, it meant a chance to um, deepen, because I, I think the minute you put a black body in anything, it deepens everything. Um, it, it, it brings to life uh, higher stakes. It brings to life um, a deeper uh, um, emotional center and core, um, just because of the human experience that is being black in America is very specific and, and, and it often includes lots of pain and trauma and you bring that to the work. Um, and so my joy of, of being like, oh, these guys are white. Okay, great. I don't care. What's the character? <laughs> What's the character? And let's begin there. And then let me continue to develop the character through my experience, through my gaze of the human experience. Um, so that was really fun. I had a great time, actually. And there so was never were, one time where I felt uh, blocked by that. So you were able to bring Jelani to both of these roles. Absolutely. I do every role that I do, I have to, I, I cannot bring, I can't leave him out there. He has to come in here too, you know. 
um, and, and, and find his way into the fabric of whatever I'm building. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, it may surprise some people to know that you didn't always enjoy singing. Oh, no. It's something I don't know that if I still to, do. <laughs> it's something that, that came to you later on. At, at yeah. 14, you were cast as, in, as Cat in the Hat in Seussical. This was in, in boarding school. So that was kind of your first foray. But there was another show that happened later on mm. when you got to do Violet. Mm. And that one was also a turning point mm -hmm. for you. What, what was so significant about both of these shows as far as becoming a musical theater performer? Well, have you ever heard anyone getting cast as the cat in the hat after singing Anthem from Chess for their audition? I mean, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, it was the first song in the songbook in the library in high school, and I said, "Well, that's the one I'm singing." Uh, and uh, which is not an easy song, anyway. Not an easy song, you know. Actually, John Riddle, who played Hans in Frozen, just did it at the Muni, and um, just yesterday at 5:45 a.m., I saw a video of him singing it, and I sent texted him, be like, "You were meant to sing this song." Little does he know that I also sang that song at one point in time. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but um, so it was a challenge for me being like, what? What is musical theater? What is acting? What is singing and dancing and, 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 and telling a story at the same time? What the hell is this? Y'all are crazy. And I wanted to quit after my first show. I was like, this is so much work. How? Um, and and, and um, I went on the journey of studying musical theater. But when I graduated from college, at NYU, I felt like there wasn't a place for leading leading black men in the musical theater. And so I kind of left musical theater alone. I went to do plays. Um, and it wasn't until Sutton Foster gave me a little ring ring. Um, and she was like, my friend is directing this production of Violet. Um, come, I think you should play Flick. And I was like, I don't, I don't sing that, babe. Like, let it sing. You got to sing down. Like, I don't, I don't really do that. Like, how, what, what? are you nuts? She was like, Jelani, I was your teacher. I know you can do it. It's fine. Just please talk to this director. And I was like, okay. So I talked to this director. I get there to Knoxville, Tennessee, regional theater, Clarence Brown Theater. And my life has changed the minute I open my mouth to start seeing that score because she was right. She was right. And I didn't have to sound like Joshua Henry. I didn't have to sound like Leslie Odom Jr. I needed to sound like Jelani Aladdin. I need to find out what that is. And there's nothing like singing the song, let it sing, <laughs> that actually, if you're doing it right, it actually releases something inside of you that is not controllable. It, it feels like there was like a connection between me and something else. And every night I went to sing that song, something was being 
pulled out of my body beyond my control. And I said, ah, this is the power of musical theater. This is what it can actually do. It can actually take us to places unknown and, and, and resonate with audiences and make them feel like, oh my God, I feel charged and seen and excited and, and, and have a catharsis. And Violet did that for me in a way that I was like, oh no, you are meant to be a leading man in a musical and, and that is your place. Um, so go back home. So I came back home to New York City and find your place. And the place found me, really. Frozen found me. Well, there's something that I do with all of my guests for a while I'll never make it. And I do five final questions. Yeah. So here we go with this first one. What do you remember most about the first show you were cast in? I remembered that I had to be butt ass naked <laughs> twice. <laughs> I did fro uh, did Choir Boy, and there were two nudity scenes, and our brilliant director, Kent Gash, um, had the us uh, singing um, Motherless Child in the shower, and he wanted it to be a baptism of sorts, and so we were all singing for 10 minutes. We were taking showers on stage in front of the audience, fully naked, um, five beautiful black men, and it was, it was lit so beautifully and perfectly. Like, I saw a video of it, of course, to approve it, um, and, and I remember it being like... <laughs> So like, what, what, what are we going to do? What? And, and I was like, all right, let's be game. Let's be game. Let's trust the process and see what it does. And it was great for the storytelling and then great for, you know, dates after the show. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you have that Hercules body back then? Uh, I did not have the Hercules body, but I had a good body. A good, yes, yes. How would you say the industry has changed for you yeah. since when you first started as an actor? Oh, man, I think you know, this industry has been through some ups and downs, some, some real roller coaster rides. And, but it still comes back to a place about being about the work. It still actually comes back to the place of if the work is undeniable, everyone agrees. Everyone can agree on great work. We don't leave a theater. We don't, when something's great, we don't leave being like, oh, we all leave. That was fucking great. You know, and I think we have to remember that that can be, that can, that has to be the compass for the art. Um, and I think that, uh, we get lost sometimes in what's going to make money, what's going to be, what's going to be politically correct. What's going to be a lot like, yeah, let's just, what, let's do what's good. Let's do what's great. Let's just do what's good. Thank you. That was my Ted talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, number three, what does success or making it mean to you? Mm, I, I think for me, success means consistently great being consistently in a place where I can do great work and be proud of that and walk and leave whatever I'm doing and say, go home at night and sleep in my bed and be like, I really enjoyed today. I really enjoyed that, that moment. Um, I think some, for some people it's financial. Some people it's, you know, playing the star of something. Sure. But I think for me, it's, it's, it's a great story that needs to be told. And I just want to be involved with that. That's all I want to do for the rest of my life is tell great stories. So yeah, that's success for me. And number four, describe a personal lesson that mm. has taken you a while to learn and maybe one you're still working oh. on to this day. How do you deal with rejection? Like what, what the F? Like you break it down and you're like, someone literally says no to you. That or hurts. Or someone fires you. Or someone fires you. You know what I mean? Like that, that hurts being told no over and over and over again. And I still am 
in finding a way to cope with that and deal with that because in a job where you're sitting on your computer and you type something up and say, oh no, that's bad. It's not you personally. That's just whatever was on the page, right? This is me personally. This is my personal. This is my body, my my soul, my mind. You're saying that that's not worthy enough for you, which which gets hard. It gets difficult. Um, I know one of the quotes that I always say is that you could be the most beautiful, ripest peach, and someone's still going to want an orange. You know, it's like you know, and so you kind of have to walk away with with being okay with yourself and loving yourself to get through rejection. But that don't mean that every. I always say whenever you get rejected, take the 24 hours to be like. You know, take that time to be like, this sucks. Um, and then and then pick yourself back up. And lastly, what is the most useful advice that you've received and how have you applied it to your life or career? Yeah. To go off rejection, I think um the most useful advice I've ever gotten was from a teacher, Michael McElroy, um, who, you know, he didn't necessarily say this, what I'm, what I'm going to say, but he, we did a song where he taught, he taught song performance at NYU and I did a number and he said, why did you do that? As if you're going to get another chance to do it. And I was like, what? He's like, that wasn't your best. You did that knowing that we would stop, have this moment, talk about it and do it again. Why did you do that? And I had no answer. And I was like, oh my God, he's so right. You only get one first impression. And it's the only impression you get. So nail it the first time. Give it your all the first time. Um, I think it's always easier to go from, okay, that was good to that was great. To go from that was, you didn't work on this. This is not good enough. That never gets changed out of someone's mind when you walk into an audition room. Um, so you only get one first impression and it better be your best impression. That's my advice. I think I want to take that advice too. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I I often go into auditions knowing that, well, this is this is what I can do. Maybe they'll ask for other things. No, it's like you gotta you gotta shoot it out of the cannon the first time. I mean, look, look at Frozen. I only have one chance. Yeah. You know, yeah. they so you it really does that does mean a lot to me. It's like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna go in there and do exactly what I wanted to do and be proud of that. And then the rest is up to fate. Yeah. I guess you could say you you have to go the distance. I had to. I had to. Wow. I had to. Thank you. <laughs> do you do you run a podcast? Right, right. Well, thank you so much, Jelani. This has been wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on this special episode with Jelani Aladdin, recorded live at BroadwayCon 2023. Subscribe to this podcast and get other bonus episodes. And you'll also be supporting my efforts to do more live events in the future. Well, that about does it for me. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, in charge of writing, editing, and producing this podcast, which is a production of Win Me Media, with Maria Clara Ribeiro as co-producer. Background music used in this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions and John Bartman. Be sure to join me next time as we talk more about why I'll never make it.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.